Mint is an overarching thing. Peppermint is a type of mint, but it is not mint. Because you're editing this episode, I know you're going to leave this little moment. I sure am. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Things Reconsidered. I am Brandon, and joining me, as always, is Joey. What's up, guys? Joey. I'm I'm back in Knoxville. Joey's back. Finally. I'm free from Alabama. (laughs) He's no longer in Dothan. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm really happy to be back, and I have a lot of exciting um, stuff going on in life, but I'm also really just eager to get into some good uh, conversations with you once again. Yeah. And uh, we're looking forward now at the new year coming up and uh, trying to plan out some ideas, some topics to cover in 2022. So drop comments down below what you want us to talk about. Y'all used to be really good about that, (laughs) and it really helped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after... Almost a year of doing this. Y'all, listen, I like talking. Yeah, keep the comments But, man, it, it really helps knowing what y'all want me to talk about. Well, you know, we, we've been getting most of that kind of uh, feedback in our Discord. That's true. Primarily. Our patrons are great about it. Yeah, they're fantastic. We've Several times we've come to record together, and we've um, used things that we were talking about with our patrons mm-hmm. directly in what we're saying. So they really have a hand in helping shape this channel. If you're wondering what I'm looking up half the time when I'm like staring at my computer while Joey's talking about something, it's either A, a scripture reference, or B, what did that one patron say about this thing? Because I thought it was really good and I want to bring it up. Yeah, and if, if I'm looking at the computer, it's probably because my ADHD brain it has made me distracted by something. Yeah, that's another thing. Like Joey would be talking and like I'll go down this like really random rabbit trail. Yeah. And I'm like, how big is a white whale? <laughs> and then I have to look it up because like my brain just will not let it go. Yeah, for sure. And then we and then I stop talking and we get this awkward pause that we then have to edit out of the show. Yeah, we have to edit it out and then we're like, what were we just talking about? Yeah. Like so how funny. did we get here? But anyway, we have a lot of exciting uh stuff coming up, some topics I've been putting some notes together on, Brandon's been adding yep. to and and it's gonna be really good. And yeah. um I also am excited to see where we go in this next year with um more guests. Yes. So guys, if you have um, enjoyed our show and there's some other people that you listen to and that you like to learn from or, or you know, ex- just maybe it's a TikToker that you listen to or another podcast, let us know who we should bring on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could be anyone from, you know, it could be act- like actual pastors or teachers or, or authors, or it could just be people like us who just sit on the internet and uh, talk and about talk stuff. about our thoughts. Yeah, so let us know who you'd like to have us on the sh- um, have us invite on the show. Yeah, because um, I want to have more guests on. It'd be cool. Yeah, I, I mean, like to. I'd li- I like talking to guests because then I can just stop talking for a minute <laughs> and be like, especially you answer the hard questions that I like to avoid. Yeah, especially with Pastor Brian Zond when we yes. had him on, we could have we could have just basically started the show with okay what's your thoughts on this you know christian nationalism makes my job so much easier yeah we need to have him on again we do we but, need to um, need to get that scheduled up yeah so guys anyway let us know um but brandon what's new with you man how's it been going oh uh, well honestly not too much we are approaching the end of the year mm-hmm. at work yeah so just trying to get all those last things in um, my wife owns a dance studio. I've mentioned that a couple times. And so Christmas time is a big time of year. And yeah. so I'm currently in the process of editing music and doing voiceovers and being at rehearsals and we have a parade tomorrow and yeah. all sorts of There's goody, a, goody things. You guys are in a Knoxville parade? Yeah, we're actually gonna be in the parade downtown. Oh, I didn't even, yeah. 
I, I should go. Come check us out. That'd be fun. Yeah. Can I okay. can I parade with you? Um, you'll have to sign a waiver. And I'll just like hold a sign to say like this is actually all things reconsidered. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just stand next to you. <laughs> so what's gonna happen is in between uh so they're gonna be dancing down the street and we're yeah. gonna have a, like a speaker playing music. In between I'm gonna switch it to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I'll just I'm sure your wife will have no issue at all. Oh with, no, she'll be fine. With, with me hijacking her you know, her actual business. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's awesome, man. I know you've been busy with that. My my daughter, my three year old daughter, is um, in that uh, dance uh, recital coming up. Yep. So that's gonna be a lot. Well, of Well, she's so plot twist. There's actually two recitals coming up. So oh, wow. she's in one of the two, and uh, we're feeling it. She's been so it. excited. I bet she's been practicing different dance moves. None of which are what she's supposed to do. <laughs> Correct. In yeah, the yeah. Recital. We're used to it. But she's just she's kind of making her own thing. I'm excited to see if she's one of the dancers or the. Yeah, <laughs> just wave at the audience. <laughs> Ma! We'll see. <laughs> Those are my favorites. She could, I mean, depending on what happens, she could just steal the show, or she might not even get out on stage. You just, I don't, I don't know what's going to And, be. like, here, here's the unfair thing about that, too, okay? Mm-hmm. If I were to do that, people would be like, oh, my God, this guy, just, just being an idiot. Yeah. They do. They're like, oh, so cute. Look at him. Oh, my goodness. This is so, so precious. Look yeah. at her just waving her. Oh, she's crying in the back corner. <laughs> I cry in the back corner of the stage. I'm like, oh, my God. This, this, guy's, guy. got, this guy's got problems. He's got problems. You know, honestly, I think that you should be allowed to cry anywhere. You I agree. Know, it, it's, a, it's a tough tough world. Normalize crying. Yeah. Hashtag normalize crying. In the middle of a dance recital on stage. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> but uh, I've been busy, too, man. I, I just moved into our new house. Um, which has been insane. Yeah. You know, we were in Alabama for a while waiting for this new house to be finished. So we were living with um, uh, family. Wonderful that they would uh, would give us their home for that sure. time. But, you know, it's nice to have yeah. our own place again. I get that. Uh, it, it was it was, it was was interesting. Let me tell you, going to Alabama for Thanksgiving is very smart, though, because they really know how to make some good Thanksgiving food. Like, they really do. See... This is where I diverge from you. Okay. And this is because I'm from up north. Mm-hmm. And so we get we went to Pennsylvania to visit um, Michaela's family this year for Thanksgiving. And uh, God, I know like southern people, good old mm-hmm. southern home cooking is the best. There's a special place in my heart for like a northern Thanksgiving spread. I've never like okay. So do you do you guys do mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving? Well, yeah. Okay, like yeah. I've been to so many Thanksgivings down here where they don't do mashed potatoes, and I'm like, well, I am going to throw mm-hmm. every other dish out of the window until y'all appreciate mashed potatoes. I, look, I, I, you, you have to understand, I am also from the north. I mean, do you hear southern? Accent? No, that's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> I was born in, in Minnesota, um, but when I ate Thanksgiving meals, you know, growing up compared to now. It's it's night and day difference. Now I do. Force I also hate dressing. Mm. Give me stuffing. Well, but see, stuffing kind of dries out the bird a bit, though. You don't have to make stuffing in the bird. Well, that's how they do it. That's no, it's not. It's you know what? No, it isn't. When I go to Alabama for Thanksgiving, they always want. Also, it doesn't dry out the bird if you know what you're doing. Fine, fine. Well, I don't. <laughs> I will freely admit that I don't know what I'm doing. As you can kitchen. see, I'm shocked. Uh, but uh, you. 
I whenever I go to Alabama, I always want them to make some stuff that I'm more used to. Sure. And it's hilarious because they always I'm this just the black sheep that right. wants, you know, sweet potato casserole with marshmallows melted on it and they just don't understand it. See, I didn't see that until I moved down south. Up north you just do like candied yams. Yeah. I don't want marshmallows on my it's sweet potatoes. So good. I it's know. like a dessert. It's jo- incredible. I don't like marshmallows. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said it. Oh yeah, don't, come at me. Let's just skip this. <laughs> you, you and I have a whole thing about s'mores. Okay, uh, listen, s'mores—they're <laughs> not worth it. And if you think you are, if you think they are, you're wrong. Okay, for one, for a good s'more, it takes a solid five to ten minutes to make. But it's not about just eating the s'more. It's about the connection I, at the now, fire. I love and in, connecting with people. I love creating s'mores. I love roasting the marshmallow and like yeah, putting it on the chocolate. About. I love making the s'more. But if you for one second actually think that s'mores are good, say it in the comments so I can tell you it's that you're wrong. Just because I will. Chocolate and a marshmallow. What is there to not be good in that? Okay, because the problem is is it's not an effective way to eat those two things. Effective. Because because you have one of those like little three Three bar chunks of Hershey's chocolate. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Then you have a graham cracker, which has the structural, you know, fortitude, integrity, integrity of sand. Well, and and, and it's already broken in the middle. It's already like serrated in the middle. So you have the thing, and then you put the marshmallow on top of it. Yeah. And the marshmallow is hot. The chocolate's cold, but the marshmallow isn't hot enough to melt the chocolate. And then you got to push it down, and then it cracks the graham cracker, and then it starts bleaking everywhere. Yeah. But all of that... You can't tell I'm very passionate about All this. of that is not a bad thing. It's all just part of the experience in a summer you know, bonfire And there's friends. no efficient way to get the marshmallow residue off of the stick. It's not about efficiency. To, to put a fresh marshmallow on. Because like, even if you do like the whole stick it in the fire thing to burn it off, mm-hmm. there's still just more marshmallow underneath it as you peel off the crusty oh, bits yeah, no, of it. Oh, yeah, that stuff will hold on tight. That's, yeah. that, that stuff lingers. That, that lingers for sure. And it, then it also, I'm sure for you, gets stuck in the beer. And then the yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's just everywhere. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that life is about the good and the bad. And, and you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life, okay? Just like the theme song. Joey, I have a question. <laughs> Do you like moon pies? Yeah, I mean, they're fine. They're all right. That's exactly... The same thing as a s'more. You no. just proved my point. Oh, that's gross. That is not a the same graham thing. cracker. No, that's that is a with piece a of marshmallow that's a and fake chocolate. Marshmallow. None of it's real. And that chocolate is like there's probably not even any actual cocoa powder in it. It's probably just vegetable oil. It's not even good. It's it's y'all know Joey gets this way when I'm right. <sighs> Look, it, what I'm trying to get say, in the comments. <laughs> s'mores. You really think they're going to support your your uh, your war on s'mores? They're not. They're, they're, everyone knows that s'mores are wonderful. Uh, right, sure. I'm, no. I'm sure. Oh, okay. no, I'm, I'm on this. We no, need to don't worry. We yeah, need we, need, we, we need to get off this topic because obviously it's not, it's not going well. <laughs> Let me guess. You don't even like candy canes because you have no heart. I love candy canes. Okay. Well, like I say. I love, I love taking a little candy cane and uh, I, take, I take it and I stir it into my hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure do. But that's mint and chocolate, and you have a thing against mint and chocolate. That's why you hate Junior Mints. You rake me over the coals for Junior Mint, and yet yeah. you mix your, your peppermint sticks in with your chocolate. Junior Mints are a terrible candy. But you said specifically you don't like mint and chocolate, and then you go and you mix Here's them. the difference. You- I don't like mint and chocolate, but I have no issue with peppermint flavoring. Being in my hot chocolate, you don't see the contradiction. You, uh, you don't no, because see... I know they're two different things. They're, no, no, that mint is... and peppermint are two different things. I don't. 
I don't have any. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like you. And I. Um, this podcast is over. Well, this is the last episode of All Things Are Considered. <laughs> and then, like, I'll take it, and I'll, if I'm feeling bougie, I'll take a, like a little candy cane, and I'll put like the whipped cream on top, and I'll sprinkle some, some candy cane bits on top of the whipped cream, just just to look fancy. Yeah, a little cocoa powder. Yeah. We should probably talk about theology. We should probably talk about something that's not stupid. Yeah. So, uh, so how about the the Bible, huh? <laughs> how about that Bible? Am I right? Pretty good book, right? <laughs> I now I need to know what like what kind of mint is Junior Mints made, made okay, of? Okay, this is not what people are here for. <laughs> well, I'm just interested. Like, I need to know. They're just gross. It's the, it's the mint to chocolate ratio that gets me. Mm. There's a lot of mint in a Junior Mint, mm-hmm. and there's a small little bit of. Mint when I'm mixing a candy cane in my hot cocoa. I mean, this, whatever, this is what help, whatever helps you. What sleep. are we talking about today, Joey? All right. Well, if you have enjoyed this little moment of bickering over s'mores and chocolates and things like that, then, um, well, here's something entirely different. We're, we're going, so sorry, but we're going to try to get into an actual conversation now about theology or, or the Bible or, or something like that. Right? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so, Brandon, uh, something that I've been wanting to talk about uh, for a while and I've, I've tried to work this into different TikToks, but I can never get it out right, is um, the weird way that churches, that pastors talk about how to hear God's voice. And I want to know if this is something that you've noticed and if it bothers you as much as it bothers me and kind of get your feedback on, on this. Okay. If I'm, just, if I'm just getting a little bit too cynical, too bitter in my deconstruction of evangelical and charismatic world, and, and maybe I'm just too angry, you know, let me know. Okay. But yep. I, want, I want to know if this bothers you too. Um, when pastors talk about how to hear God's voice, it's always with this, and, and especially when we were growing up sure. in youth groups, it's always with this idea that, like, you have to... That you're, you're always doing something wrong, basically. And sure. that you have to always be straining to try to hear God's voice. Right. And that once it finally happens, it'll be this uh, magical one momentary thing where you just know, oh, God just spoke. And it's like, no question. Sure. And then you go, they always talk about it like it's the most important thing for a Christian, basically, is to make sure that you're hearing God's voice. Right. And when I was growing up, um, it was constantly being talked about to the point where I was obsessed with this idea that like, am I actually hearing him? Why can't I hear him? You know, why can't I hear what God is saying? Right. And, um, I, I just think that a lot of times when, when we overemphasize this idea that, that you have to hear him, we end up just looking for anything to kind of be that something that I can say is God's voice. So any sort of emotional frenzy or any sort of like um, uh, impulse or or just thought even, mm-hmm. we'd be quick to say, no, I think that was God's voice just because we want that feeling of, of being a good Christian. Like I, sure. I can hear sure, God, sure. you know. Um, for instance, I remember when I was in youth group, um, there's <laughs> every youth group has that one kid who's like, the pastor's favorite because they're just like the perfect Christian. Were you that group. kid? No, I wasn't. Oh. Actually, I really wasn't. I was I was I was the one that was always getting into drama with the youth pastor because sure. I thought I could run things better than he could. Mm-hmm. I was that kid. I feel um, like I was one of the favorites because I was so contrarian. Oh really? And it was fun. Oh. Like well, it was fun for the youth pastor. I have to deal with like the are you sure it was fun? <laughs> well, sure? one of my old youth pastors told me that one time. He's like, Brent, it was funny to me whenever you first started coming here because like you were such a black sheep slash outcast. It was yeah. fun for me to have to deal with some of the issues that were brought up because they were so stupid. That's funny. 
Well, for me, I was a contrarian in the fact that like I was always upset with something that the church was doing. You and being upset with something? No. I know, right? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not much has changed. But uh, there was this person in our youth group who was the perfect Christian and was the one who would like the pastor would use to pray for other people, like sure. ask, ask to come up and pray for people, or the one who would like the pastor would have come up and, and say something, yeah. something that, that they had read in the Bible. And they were just this perfect model of a charismatic teenage Christian. Right. And uh, she would always talk about how she could hear God's voice. And sure. I just hear God saying this and I hear God saying that. And so I'd be squirming in my chair thinking, well, why the heck can I ever hear anything? Right. You know, what, what, what's wrong with me? Why can't I hear something? And I, I was like, is it like an audible voice? I'm actually going to hear like an actual voice in the sky yelling down at me? Or right. is it more of just a thought in my head that pops up? And then they'd say, well, it's more in your spirit. And they always like point to their stomach when they say it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, what does that mean? Like, I feel stomach issues is that is like a real weird grumbling in my tummy yeah it's like it's like I, I want practical sense of this what do you mean what am I actually looking for and so I would get so upset and I'm not hearing something and I feel like I, you know not as good as a Christian right and um, anyway all that to say I've recently relearned what it means to hear God's voice and, I, and I've rethought what that looks like but before I get into where I've landed. Uh-huh. I just want to know your take on, on this youth kid experience. Did you ever feel that kind of pressure or anxiety over what, hearing God's voice, not being able to hear it, anything like that? Oh, yeah, 100%, especially after I started going to church initially. Yeah. Because it's like, I believe that we do hear God, you know, and I think it looks different for different people, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just kind of like an overarching, like, this is the voice of God kind of motive in my life personally anyways. But it wasn't commute. Like it's never communicated what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never communicated how to hear God. It's never communicated what God's voice is. And so like for me, something that one of my, uh, like something that I heard when I started going to church was, you know, the voice of God, you know, a lot of times sounds like your own voice, Mm -hmm. but it's saying things that you would never say. And so if it's a thought that you're having that, you know, is kind of contrary to what you would that what you would normally say, that's probably the voice of God. Mm-hmm. But that also very much comes from a place of humanity is wicked and can't think good thoughts on its own. Yeah, yeah. And it's super dangerous too. Yeah. And so like for me, anytime I had a thought that was like positive about someone else, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you're going to be okay. Or I know the situation looks bleak. Like that has to be the voice of God because Mm -hmm. it's just so positive and so caring. But at the same time, it's like, I know something about this person that I'm not supposed to know Mm -hmm. and I want to share it. Therefore, I'm going to say, I feel like God is saying Mm -hmm. that, you know, you and your girlfriend were messing around. (laughs) And it's like, I know that because the girlfriend's best friend told my friend who then told me, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, but, but you can't just admit, but I can't just admit that you've that. heard it that way. Correct. It has to be a spiritual way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well that, that is a lot of what I saw too, is people kind of using different means and to find out information or something. Right. And then say that it's God, or they might just themselves have a clever thought or a good idea. Yeah. But then you're more spiritual sounding if you say that you felt it from the Lord. Right. And very well, maybe you, maybe it did come from God. Sure. But it's just the way we talk about how we talk to God. Right. That, that I think 
can lead to kids sitting there wondering, well, why is it happening to me? Right. And the, the problem that I have is that it should not be this hard. We, if, if we have pastors up there kind of making us feel like we have to strain to hear God's voice or like, you know, they, they teach classes. There, there's uh, assemblies of God is so, you know, guilty of this. I mean, they, they always have these like classes on how to hear the voice of God. Come to our seminar, our, our course, our series, buy our CD on hearing the voice of God. Well, here's the thing. The Bible says that the, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and they will not run from it. They won't turn to another. Right. If the sheep know the shepherd's voice, why is it this difficult? Why do I need to, to take a, a seminar or buy a CD? On, why is this a whole thing? Why is it a whole big thing if it should just be natural? My, you know, my kids naturally knew the voice of, of their parents right. immediately. Why should this be so hard? And um, I think that when we get into that mindset of, you know, we have to learn how to do this, we end up trying to, like, practice it and by looking for this voice that we're supposed to be hearing for? Because how do you learn anything? You learn through practicing. Right. right? So right. so you're kind of in prayer and you're like, I'm listening for it. I'm trying to hear it. Oh, is it that? It? Is that it? And in the practicing, but you end up just listening to your own emotions, your own um, thoughts, your own impulses, but you convince yourself that's God's voice. Right. And so then, now here's the thing. Right after you hear God's voice, right along with that comes the sharp you know, the, the sword of like, now you better listen to it and right. obey it because you have to be obedient. Correct, yeah. So as soon as you hear it, as soon as you've convinced yourself this is God's voice, you you, you tie that into, and I got to obey it right now. <laughs> and so if it is God's voice, legitimately, right. and you obeyed it, wonderful. But if it's not, if it was actually just your own impulse or emotion that you think is God's voice, Right, and yeah, now yeah. you've so told yourself, "I have to obey it right now." You're going to end up doing some dumb things. Yeah, absolutely. People all the time, I think, end up doing ridiculous things, crazy things, because they thought it was God's voice, and I have to be obedient right, right now. And uh, you know that left unchecked, I think, ends up with people doing really dumb stuff, and then they cover it up by basically saying, "Well, sometimes God will ask you to do." things that sound impossible. Right. He'll ask you to do things yep. that sound crazy, that sound ridiculous. And I get that. I know that there's different biblical things that we could point to of God asking people to do things that in the moment sound crazy. I get that. So I'm not saying that that's not biblical. Sure. But when we walk around you know, telling people that God's going to ask you to do crazy things and you have to obey... We have to be really 100% sure yeah. that you're not just listening to your own crazy thoughts and then right. saying, I have to obey it. Because then you end up doing really you know, dumb things. And I think people use that logic just to cover up for their mistakes. Right. You know? And it's like, and for me too, it, the doing crazy things, mm -hmm. it's like we also have our desires that we want. Mm -hmm. And desires aren't a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, so like say, you know, we I live in an apartment right now. Me and my wife want to buy a house. And it's like, this is the house that God wants us to buy. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I like that house. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I like that house. Yeah. But then, you know, you write the letter, we fell so in love with your house and your home, and we think it's beautiful. And we just feel like God is telling us, like, this is where we're supposed to, you know, this is where we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. Can you please knock, you know, this much off the house so we can afford it? Yeah. And it's like, I, like, I've heard that story before. I've heard that too, yeah. And it's like, no, you want to live in that house, and that's fine. Like, mm -hmm. that, that's not an issue. 
And like, I think the thing that frustrates me is whenever we use the voice of God to justify our own wants and desires. Yeah, exactly. And, and we basically baptize our own will by saying this is actually from God. Right. When really it's just from you. Yeah. And like, and so a big thing for me is just trying to discern what the voice of God is because the voice of God is always going to line up with the word of God. And I say that Mm -hmm. with the caveat that y'all all know. Yeah. That (laughs) every time I say the word of God, I am talking about Jesus, Mm -hmm. who, yes, is revealed through the Bible. And so I don't think the things that God says now contradicts what God has always said. Right. But man hasn't always had a clear picture. But man hasn't always had a clear picture of what God has said. Right. And so for me, I'm like, God wouldn't tell me anything he didn't tell Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, like that's what gets me is... Whenever Jesus spoke, Jesus didn't speak condemnation to people that weren't the religious elite of the time. Mm-hmm. So God would never prophesy through someone, you know, at a sinner and read their mail yeah. and say, that's the voice of God, because that's not what the what Jesus shows us the voice oh, of God yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this could, uh, we, we've both, I mean, <laughs> we've both gotten very pissed off at so-called prophets yeah. for the, the things that they say, claiming that it's the voice of God saying it. Because to me, that's yeah. taking God's name in vain. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is. And we, I mean, this podcast, when we first started, <laughs> some of the first things we wanted to rant about were, were with some of these Trump prophets. Yeah. And they're still at it, you know? Yep. And I remember one of them was like saying that he saw God you know, in a dream and God was talking to him and that God referred to like Dr. Fauci as a rat. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I remember that. God would never like, th- that's not no. how he talks. He would never <laughs> diminish, diminish someone's humanity. Yeah. Because like what, that, what that humanity came from him. <laughs> right. What frustrates me is that is the, and again, I'm do not sound bite this. <laughs> I am not saying that person is Hitler. Okay, God. <laughs> but what I am saying is, mm-hmm. is those types of tactics are used by people like Hitler and mm-hmm. other, you know, mm-hmm. giant tyrants yeah. to dehumanize the people that they don't like. Oh, I mean, absolutely. he Hitler compared the Jews to cockroaches to justify the violence that was being enacted against them. And similarly, he said that God was with him in that. Correct. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, whenever your your God is calling a demoting a human mm-hmm. to the status of an animal. Yeah. That is not God speaking. That is not Yahweh speaking. That yeah. is not the God that is the, you know, that is not God the Father mm-hmm. that Jesus shows us speaking. Yeah, absolutely. And and that is just one example of how people can take this quest for hearing God's voice to dangerous places. Right. Where it, it, for one, like I was saying earlier, you could he- listen to your own impulses, think that it's God, and end up making dumb decisions. Or secondly, you could end up being really hurtful and, yeah. and you know causing actual harm, and then saying that God was behind it. Yeah, um, just because you think you heard God say this, but if it doesn't look and sound like Jesus, you can rule it out as not being from from God. Right, um, and that kind of leads to something that that frustrates me about um, people outside of the deconstructing community. Mm-hmm. Do you mean and non-Christians or or people who are Christians that just don't deconstruct? Christians that are against deconstruction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because something that's such a popular, you know, meme graphic that's shared on Facebook is, I understand you were hurt, but you were hurt by people, not by God. Yeah. Okay. And my thing is, 
is they were hurt by people claiming to represent God. Yeah, that's a big difference in just people. Right. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. They weren't just hurt by people in the church. They were hurt by the people in the church who were claiming mm-hmm. to speak for God. Yeah. Yeah. And if this is what God is saying, then I don't want a part of it. Yeah. And then the other thing that ticks me off about that is whenever people say that answer of you weren't hurt by God, you were hurt by people, I want to tell them, okay, then do something about your people. Right. Or, or okay, fine. If I wasn't hurt by God, I was hurt by people. Why did God let those people speak? If God yeah. is in control of everything, if God, you know, set all of this up, mm-hmm. why did he allow for me to be hurt by those people in his name. Yeah, and why are you, as the church, allowing them to still be on a platform? If, right. If you've already acknowledged that they're apparently hurting people. Right. And, and so it's just it's so it's just a cop out answer. Right. It, it's a it's a non answer to try to get you to just you know, come back to church and keep tithing. I think. Yeah. But <laughs> but you're absolutely right, Brandon. And and I think that we have to try to rein in some of this. Um, conversation some of this quest for hearing god's voice by what that actually looks like yeah and so i was thinking about this and 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 trying to you know get away from the uh, way that i was taught on what god's voice is and i came i was reading uh, rachel hud evans book searching for sunday Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really talk about this particular topic of hearing god's voice but just one thing that she said talking about something else just got me started thinking this way mm-hmm. where she was talking about how the, how um, the gifts of the spirit are our indication that, that the Lord's there. Yeah. You know? Cause she was describing going to different churches and encountering God in different denominations and mm-hmm. basically having that eclectic believer sort right. of lifestyle where she could go to any church and learn something, even if she doesn't agree with all of it. Right. She's like, well, you know, even if you don't agree with this denomination or this church on this stuff, do you see love? Do you see joy? That's still the fruit of the spirit. Right. And God's still there in some way, maybe not in all. Anyway, so that got me thinking that the fruit of the spirit is our indication of when God is near, when we're experiencing him and when we're hearing him. Yeah. So basically what does God's voice sound like? It sounds like love. It sounds like peace. It sounds like joy. All of those fruits of the spirit, our, our, our key to understanding if God is really speaking or moving or if he's not there at all. Right. Um, and if, as long as we are speaking those things, we are speaking his voice. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that when people talk about speaking God's voice, they immediately think about like issuing directions. Correct. Like a prophet saying, right, right, you need right. to do this. Like if I, if I said, oh, I hear the Lord saying, Brandon, you need to quit your job and go, you know, become a doctor instead, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that would be like me trying to tell you to do something yeah, correct. with your life. I'm right. not saying, you know. Anything that I say in that way is is God's voice. Right. I'm saying anything that I say that is out of love, anything that I say that brings true peace, peace yeah. and true joy, you know, things that really bring and encounter those fruits of the Spirit that, that Paul lays out, that is his voice. Right. And um, I, I don't want to be misunderstood or for that to get into some sort of dangerous thing where I'm saying that like, Oh, I'm, I'm saying the voice of God all the time. Right. That's, it's not really like that. I'm just saying that I think those fruits are the key to how we can experience them. Yeah. And I think also those, those are a great judge mm-hmm. and a great, you know, um, like a great scale as to, is this actually the voice of God? Yeah. Because it's clearly measurable. You know, does what he's saying, in the words of Marie Kondo, <laughs> does it spark joy? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, does it promote love? Mm-hmm. Does it promote peace? Does it bring peace to me as they're saying this? Does it bring, you know, does it make me know that they genuinely love people? Mm-hmm. If it does not meet those standards, 
Yeah. Then it shouldn't be considered the voice of God. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, here's the thing too, is you can speak hard truths mm-hmm. in love. Yeah. And, and like, I God, the one thing that frustrates me so bad is when people are like, I'm not going to apologize for speaking the truth because I speak the truth in love. And it's like, if you're trying to hurt people, you're not loving them. Exactly. And that comes from such a twisted belief that God hurts us to show that he cares. Yes, I can't stand that. In fact, didn't didn't you hear a pastor talking about that? They they essentially said, you know, God will never harm you, (laughs) but he will hurt you to heal you. And I'm like, that's like saying, God's going to walk up to you punch you in the face and say, oh, don't worry, I have an ice pack. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> aren't, I su- aren't I such a great God for having an ice pack for when you get punched in the face? It's like, no, because you're the one that punched me in the face. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. It's like, I wouldn't need the ice pack <laughs> if you hadn't punched me. Well, it, So I'm not going to thank you for giving me an ice pack. Now take that instead of to, to sorry. Now take that same thought, but go to like diseases or things that people might be born right. with. And you end up with people thinking now that like if someone is blind, you know, they were born with that. And now that way God could come and heal the blind person. Yeah. But it's like, aren't you thankful that God healed you of your blindness? Not if No, he gave it because to me. he made me blind. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I be thankful to the person that made me this way to begin with? And the. I, I the, in that story where the disciples essentially ask God the same, ask Jesus the same thing. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're talking about someone who was receiving healing. What and did their said, father do? What did their father yeah. do? And 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 he said, you know, no one did anything to cause this. Right. This isn't because of anyone's sin. Um. I, so he basically went against that. He's whole being idea. healed so God can receive the glory. Yeah. He never said he was inflicted with it. Yeah. <laughs> so God could be glorified. Well, the the, the analogy that I've seen before um, had something to do with, um, I want to say sheep or in a shepherd or something like that, where apparently sometimes the shepherd will break the legs of the right. of the sheep to like keep them from running off. And so they're saying, see, so sometimes God might hurt you, but it's for your own good. Right. Like a shepherd breaking the sheep's legs. And I was like, that does, that, that just, that, that doesn't sound like a loving father, that sounds like something less than God. Yeah, and yeah, less than like deserving of God. I don't see that listed in the fruits of the Spirit. You know, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I don't see any sort of um, breaking the sheep's legs right. in that. Um, so I don't think that that God's voice is ever going to sound like something um, that that is painful or, or mean right. or violent in that way. I think that his voice is the voice urging you to do what's right. Yeah. His voice, how do you know you've heard his voice? Do you hear something in you, in your spirit, in your mind, whatever you want to say? Do you feel that urge and that pull to do what is good or what is right or what is loving right. in any given situation? That is the voice of God. Yeah. And here's where it gets controversial too, though. And this is why, you know, like fundamentalist evangelical charismatics don't like that concept mm-hmm. because there are good people who aren't yeah. Christians or yeah. saved. Absolutely. And so what you're saying is, so you're telling me whenever people speak love or goodness or inspired to do the right things, yeah. that's the voice of God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but we're so locked in this like religious kind of tribalism of it has to be my way, my religion, right. and everyone outside of this is wrong. So so we get so locked in that, that the idea of someone outside of your religion or your denomination hearing God, that that's like heresy, basically. Right. And that's why I love the story of the Good Samaritan, because yeah. the, good, the, the Samaritans 
they weren't supposed to be the the people of God. Yeah. And yet he was lauded as this incredible example of godliness mm-hmm. by taking care of the less fortunate. Yes. And so when you look around and you know, you see, you know, people that aren't Christians, you know, giving to charitable organizations. I was just watching a stream, the game theory stream. Oh yeah. They raised $1.6 million in a 10-hour live stream for St. Jude's. Wow. That's incredible. That is good. That is God. Yeah. They didn't do it in God's name. Yeah. They didn't do it for God. Mm -hmm. Neither did the Good Samaritan, but it was still recognized that this is the kingdom of God coming to earth. Yes, exactly. And and even if it's outside of our Christian verbiage, of our Christian bubble, uh, or our church sanctuaries, right? It still is something that the that the Creator, that the divine, is pulling out of His creation. Yes, even if they don't have the words for it, they're still encountering goodness. You can be an atheist and still encounter love and encounter goodness. And because you and I believe that the reality of who God is is that he is literally love itself, that means that even if if you're an atheist, if you encounter love, we we still believe you're encountering God right there. Yeah, 100%. Because he is that love that you're feeling. Right. You know, when you look at your child and feel love swell up in you, that love is from God. Right. And it's not exclusive to Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Because creation isn't exclusive to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. It, that This would be a lot of fun to get into, like, a conversation about religious pluralism sometime. I'd love yeah. to, to get into that sometime. But but more to, to hearing God's voice, That that's kind of where I've landed, is that any sort of draw in me to do what is right in any given situation, I identify that as that is the voice of God. Right. And you know what it's done? Rather than leading me to dumb decisions because I'm convinced, well, this sounds stupid, but I think it's, <laughs> but it's God. God. I have to obey because, right. you know, it doesn't make any sense right now to just drive my car off a cliff, but I think God told me to do it and I got to trust him. But since it doesn't make sense, it probably is God yeah. because his ways are higher than my ways. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm going to, you know, rush into this relationship or I'm going to ch- take this job in a different state. I'm right. going to do something reckless, I'm, whatever, but I think it's God, so I have to. Rather than getting into that trap, what this change, what this shift in identifying what the voice of God is has done is now I'm more keen to want to just do the right thing in a good yeah. situation to just follow good instincts because right. I identify that as the voice of God and then I try to follow through with it. Right. And so it's just, it, it can make us into more loving and caring and gentle people, which are the fruit of the spirit. Yep. And that's how we encounter him. We encounter him by living through and and recognizing the fruits of the spirit as they happen. Right. And this is, and like, to me, this is why Christianity is important. Mm -hmm. And the, like, let's go all the way back to the beginning of why Christianity was started. Mm -hmm. You know, it was called the way. Yeah. You know, let's walk in the way, the way of Christ. And Christ always made the people that he encountered feel loved. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was the voice of God. Yes. The voice of God when speaking to those on the outside, when speaking to the poor, the destitute, those that have been acted against, was a voice of love always. And that to me is why, to me that's why Christianity is like falling away. And that's why we need to get back to the beauty of Christianity. Yes. Was because Jesus was crucified because of how radically inclusive he was. Yeah. 
The yeah. Jews didn't like Jesus because he was saying that the Samaritans were good. He was saying that the Gentiles deserved a seat at the table. He was he was allowing you know prostitutes to to be a part of his his group. Tax you know? collectors and were tax his disciples. And, like yeah, exactly. Jesus was crucified because he was so radically loving of those that did not look like him, mm-hmm. and it drove the religious elite insane and in, in on top of being inclusive and loving he also refused to to act in in violence and, right and to bring the sword and bring a you know to rise up an army um and that was completely different from what they were looking for right i think um and that you're right we need to return to the simple the simplicity of being a christian is that way of walking in love for other people right but, but, you know, put that into your how to hear the voice of God sermon series or, or CD set yeah. that you're selling on <laughs> yeah. your website because it really is that simple. Yeah. Um, we, we talk about experiencing God a lot in, in our church um, because it, it's one of the, the core things of encountering God and, and living in community. Yep. And so we talk about that encountering God a lot, and it got me thinking what encountering God really looks like. Sure. And I really think it is still tied to this exact same idea. So you can encounter God through prayer, through worship, through, I don't know, giving, right. through fasting or communion, especially. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can encounter God through all these things, through different, you know, you call them rituals if you want or or. Sacraments. Uh, sacraments, thank you. Uh, and all that is true. But Assemblies of God churches that I grew up in really just highlighted specifically a, a certain type of worship as their main, this is how we encounter God. Mm-hmm. Above giving, above prayer, above communion, it was worship. And not just worship, it was specifically the kind of worship where you're jumping and dancing sure. and sweating yep. and yelling and all those things. Now here, before I get into this, all that's wonderful. I'm yeah. not saying that that's wrong. If you if you go to a church or that's how you want to worship, I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's me. I get hype. I can't help it. Yeah, no, that's like, fine. Yeah, th- I'm not saying that any of that's wrong, but the churches I was a part of would focus on that above everything else, forsaking the other things. Yeah, and so if you didn't feel like dancing or maybe you feel more reserved or maybe it's just I don't know that you feel like you're not really doing the right thing and you know You'd feel like a less than kind of Christian. Right. And they would basically say that it must be loud. It must be cutting edge. There has to be smokes and lights and lots of dancing. But this becomes an an issue when we discourage or belittle people or try to twist their arm and coerce them into into worshiping that exact way. Right. When in fact, that is not the only way you can experience God. Right. Experiencing God is so much bigger and also so much more simple than that. Yeah. Yeah. Really, instead of losing your breath, jumping up and down and screaming, which isn't a bad thing, but really instead of that, you have to understand that experiencing God is just walking in love for fellow people. It's caring for your neighbors, for your loved ones, and and that is how we experience him. Yeah. Basically, I want to say it this way. like If you want to experience God, go have fun with someone. You know, go have that community and that fun experience and that joy and that joy that you'll feel when you're having fun with them is God. Go pray for, go go pay for someone's groceries. And when you're doing that good thing for someone else and you see the joy and, and the thankfulness yeah. in their eyes, that's God. Go tell people that you love them. Forgive someone that you were fighting with and make peace. Yes. That peace yes. that you're feeling is God. You know, stay faithful to a friend even when things get hard. And that faithfulness is God. Uh, you know, love and feel loved, That that is what it means to experience him. It's not about... Uh, 
singing the right songs or having the right, you know, dance moves at yeah. a worship service at an assemblies of God's church. It's about encountering God in daily life through the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. And I think an important part about it too is, is something that Jesus says to the Pharisees and he says, um, I looked it up. It's in Luke. Mm-hmm. He says, Woe to you Pharisees for you tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds and neglect justice and the love of God. Yeah. It is these that you have ought to practice without neglecting the others. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is like, keep giving. It's not that giving is bad. Yeah. It's not that doing these other things is bad. But if you neglect justice and the love of God, mm-hmm. it is better for you to focus on justice and loving other people yeah. than it is for you to give. Yeah. Don't not give. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you focus on and you neglect loving other people, you've missed it. Exactly. I... I, I completely agree with that because a lot of churches and it's not it's not always giving sometimes it's other things but yeah. a lot of churches will focus on one thing right and not realize that they are totally missing it right but really god experiencing god looks like you know loving your community enough to stand up when an injustice happens in that community right and say that that's not okay or loving your community enough to just pick up litter yeah. You know, or or helps a, a homeless person in your town. That is how we experience God. Yeah. And listen, it's not it's not even about correcting behaviors either. Mm-hmm. Like you don't deserve to correct anybody that you refuse to connect with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like that is something that, you know, our old pastor would preach all the time. Connection before correction. Yeah. Like and Jesus is all about that too. You know, Nicodemus, I'm coming over to your house tonight. We're going to sit down. We're going to have some dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nicodemus went and repaid all of the money that he owed people. Yeah. You know? And so it's like Jesus was all about let's connect. Let's you and I connect and then let, you know, let God do the rest. Yeah. I don't care what you think that homeless person is going to do with the money that you give them. Mm-hmm. It's just it, about doing good. It's about doing good. If you have yeah. $10 to give to a homeless person and you're worried, oh, well, they might go buy cigarettes. So what? Yeah. In that moment, when you hand them a ten dollar bill and say God loves you, it that's it. That is your only obligation. Yeah. And, and God's not going to be mad at you for what they do with that money. Yeah. And, but He will be upset with you for refusing to love them because you're making a judgment about them. Exactly. And really, if 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 you think about it this way, when you're helping someone in that way, you are you're creating that moment of, of love and care for another person. That is where God, that's where God is. Yeah. That's where, you know, the Bible says to him or gather there he is in the midst. And people always use that verse in, in all sorts of ways that it's kind of not really supposed to be used. Sure. <laughs> but honestly, you want to talk about God encountering us and us encountering God. It's when we are in those moments more so than when we're just together in a church service. Right. I think. And I know that that I'm, I'm not trying to get us in trouble or anything. God still is at your church. service. 100%. I'm yes. not saying that he's not, but I feel like if anything, he's more likely to be out on the streets with people who actually need him and people who are showing love to them than he is going to be in your sanctuary singing the same song again and again and again. Right. You know, um, although he's omnipresent, so I guess he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and. Yeah. <laughs> but, but okay, so I think, I think a better way to phrase that, though, is God isn't any more mm-hmm. in that church service than he would be where someone is being loved. Yeah. I think as long as you, you know, it's like you can't see the wind, but you can see when the wind is blowing on the trees. You can see. The Joey wind. was a youth pastor, if you can't tell. 
It's true. You can't see the wind, but you can see when the... the, the you can't see gravity, but you sure can feel the effect of it. Can I say what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. My point is, the fruit of the Spirit is like that. You know, yeah, we 100%. can't see yeah. God, but we do see the effects of, of him through the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Credit where credit's due. When an analogy works... It works. It works. Okay. And when you see, when you see love, when you see someone, you know, have... Well, like I said earlier, if you were to go and just pay for someone's groceries who maybe is really struggling and you see the relief in their eyes and the, the happiness, that is like seeing the tree bending by wind. Yeah. You can't see God, but you see where he is affecting them right there in that moment. Right. And you as a Christian have this amazing honor and joy and privilege of getting to help be, uh, you know. A conduit. <laughs> a conduit. A vessel. As, a vessel. Yeah. As we like to say. <laughs> well, you said I'm a youth pastor, right? So I might as well lean into lean it. Lean into We're it, We're all just supposed to be vessels. Yeah. But it's cheesy, but there's also some truth to it. Oh, yeah. That, that is a wonderful feeling of, of knowing that God's love was shared through you. Right. And I think that as long as we understand experiencing God that way, it will help keep us f- focused on things that actually can help people rather than you know, ridiculous things yeah. like, you know, making bad decisions or acting <laughs> bad weird, decisions. acting weird in a church service. You know, I've seen, I've seen the weirdest things, man. I've seen people with shofars when they were not invited to bring a shofar to that church. Oh yeah. I've seen people with swords. Yeah. People like marching that's dangerous. With, yeah. Marching in a church with swords. I've seen, I've seen all sorts of ridiculous things. Yeah. The kind of dance moves that I've seen in charismatic. I almost churches. got kicked in the face one time. Oh man. I have, there, there are plenty of church experiences where you get hurt because someone is going a little too nuts. Right. They're swinging arms, going crazy, and jumping up and down. I've, I've gotten punched before. Nice. Yeah. Um, and my point is, if that's how you experience God, I'm not going to police you. Sure. But I just think that we should focus more on... Again, do not forsake. Yeah. Do not neglect justice in loving people. Mm-hmm. If you... Go wild during a worship service because you're encountering God. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's fine. As long as when you leave that service, you also love people. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that if God, if we're saying that God's powerful enough to get you jumping and acting crazy like that, then he's also powerful enough to get you to treat the love people. waitress at the restaurant right and not be a jerk to them. You know right. I mean? So it, it's about how we love people. And, um, I think that that might be something that can help people who have an anxiety over hearing God's voice. Yeah. Like I used to when I was in youth group, sitting there listening to this girl talking about how she hears God every day before breakfast. Right. And I'm thinking, why don't I ever hear him? It causes anxiety. It causes stress. Right. And then you start looking for anything and thinking, oh, maybe that was God. All of that can be put down. Yes. And just said, no, it's simple. Have you ever felt an urge to do something good to someone else? <laughs> You felt God in that moment. That was the kingdom of God <laughs> yeah. coming to earth. Exactly. It's not about something dramatic and, and something big that you can go brag on stage to everyone right. about. Not calling out that one girl at youth group. I'm sure she's great. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's not yeah. about getting up on stage. It's not, it's not about a big show right. so that you can say, look how great of a Christian I am. I heard God's voice yelling down from the, the sky, an audible right. voice. It's not like that. And to all the people who'd say, well, I don't need religion to be a good person and to do those things. I agree with you. However, Joey and I believe that God is the wellspring of all things that are good. Yeah. And that God will have his goodness come to earth, 
period. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't abscri- or subscribe to you know a belief in God or a belief in the Christian God, we still believe that all goodness comes from God. Yeah. And so God is willing to use whatever vessel is willing to be good to have good come to earth. Yeah, I, I think in one sense it's like because he is goodness itself, it's almost like he can't, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, yeah. but it's kind of like he can't help but be used by anyone who's experiencing yeah. and creating goodness because right. he is goodness. And because like, you know, all of humanity was created in his image. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, whenever any human is good, that is his, that is his image mm-hmm. being bared on the earth. Yeah, totally. So, so. Born? Bared? Bear? Uh, I don't know the correct Beats me. Man. Why do you use that word? I don't know. It's gonna be a fun episode for you to edit. <laughs> this is gonna be awful. But um, also, update: this is going to be my first attempt at uh, editing the podcast coming out. So, um, let him know. How put in the comments how much better I am. <laughs> Even if you don't believe that, lie for me. No, that would not be listening to the voice of goodness and love. So don't. If it makes me feel loved, we just spent an hour telling them. <laughs> but it would make me feel terrible if they said that I would. Ah, oh, you'll be fine. Just don't read the comments. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, that's fine. I just want to say to someone who might be listening to us talk and they might be thinking, well, that just sounds like works. <laughs> that just sounds like <laughs> we're saying works is salvation. Or, right, sure. You know, um, despite what you've heard, works are not a bad thing. They aren't. Despite what you've been told, works are actually extremely important. A good thing. And a really, really good thing that we should yeah. be doing. Uh, no, I'm not saying that our salvation is based on works. No. But I am saying that you that if your salvation doesn't lead to works, then I I don't know, maybe I'd question if that ever really occurred in the first place. Mm, because works, Joey getting a little <laughs> controversial. I'm just saying without well, as James said, without works your faith is dead. Sure. So your faith is dead. What about your salvation, though? Listen, we'll say that for another time. <laughs> my, my point is, the Bible says that we are in the ministry of reconciliation. So yep. everything we do is, is is to be in that vein of making the earth more like heaven, of Correct. renewing the earth, yes. and of reconciling God and man. And so, so reconciling sinners with God, I mean. And uh, that may look like works, but despite what the Assemblies of God Christians get all up in and out of shape over that is actually an important part of it yeah so yes what i said today of like oh we experience god through doing good things to people or loving people yeah that might sound like works and my answer to that is good yeah <laughs> i don't that's see not a, a problem i don't see an issue with that um i think if we did focus more on those kind of good works uh we might actually make a difference in the world like we're supposed to yeah i'm inclined to agree and my thing too i like to make fun of joey but i think that the verses of not by uh, we are saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. and not by our own works. Yeah. And the faith without works is dead. I don't find that those two verses contradict whatsoever. Yeah. And that comes from a place of knowing that Jesus paid once for all. Yes. And so I don't think our salvation is tied up in our works, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all ascribed a certain amount of grace yes. through faith. You yes. know, like we all have that grace for salvation. And the question isn't, do we have our salvation through our works? The question is, do we show our faith through our works? Right. Yeah. If you're a Christian who's not... Do you do you show your faith in your salvation? Mm-hmm. If you do, then you will work to renewing the earth. Yes. If you do not have the faith in your salvation, 
you will not work towards the renewal of all things on the earth. Exactly. Your salvation is still there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you have faith in that salvation is evident through your works. Yeah, absolutely. Perfectly said. I'm not saying that if you're a Christian who's not doing good works, then you're not really saved. Right. I would never say that because that's just right. not how I view salvation. No. What I'm saying is that I would not be able to tell. Correct. I would question it because just as just personally, because if I encountered you and I, and I, and you weren't doing good works ever. <laughs> right. Then how would, would I know tell. that you're Christ-like? Yeah. So I wouldn't know. I'm not saying that, you, you know, you wouldn't be saved. I'm just saying we have to represent God and we do that not by screaming on a stage or, or by, you know, making people feel bad for believing differently or by trying to coerce people into believing like us. Right. That's not how we do it. We do it by showing love. Right. And if that is called works by some types of Christians, then fine. Then that is works. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been yet another episode of All Things Reconsidered. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, guys. We genuinely appreciate it. Um, if you like our content, please subscribe down below and ring the bell. Yeah, subscribe, like the video, and also if you're listening podcast uh, or audio-only version, uh, leave us a review. Yeah. Because those really help us a lot. So so please uh, review us on Apple or I don't know if they do reviews on like Spotify or anything else. I have no idea. But I know they do on Apple. So Also, share this podcast. The amount of time, you know, the people that reach out to us saying, you know, someone recommended your podcast to me and it really helped out. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of messages mean a lot to Joey and I because yes. not only are we helping, you know, people going through deconstruction, but... They're, they also feel like we are a good resource for other people to listen to. Yeah. And so we, we we genuinely appreciate every time someone says, you know, a friend of mine was, you know, telling me about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate every time that you guys tell your friends to listen to it. Yes, thank you. And uh, also, um, just so you guys know, we do have a Patreon. If you join even at the base level of only $3, you get access to our Discord. And it's Patreon.com slash all things reconsidered. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to get in there and, and uh, know, get to know you guys and uh, have these great conversations. We've learned a lot from our patrons. Oh, yeah. Um, there are times where they've contributed greatly to our episodes because we've learned from them yeah. from and gotten their takes on different things. And, right. you know, it would be fantastic to get to know you guys. So if you're interested, join and uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. But uh, other than that, we will see you guys next week where we will uh, be having a special edition of the mystery mug. Yeah. We're going to, we thought it might be fun to bring back the old mystery mug. Um, because I love it so much. It's for audio listeners. It's got a picture of Jesus on it, and it says, oh, my gosh, you guys, that's not what I said. Yeah. It's just perfect. It really fits the theme of the mystery mug. It really does, and it fits, I think, the whole show, because a lot of what we're doing is saying, like, that's not what the Bible says. Correct, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, and uh, I'm also going to be uh, ranting about some Christmas carols. Now, don't get me wrong. I love (laughs) Christmas music. I do. But there's just some things that just ain't right so drop in the comments below your favorite christmas song so i can ruin it yeah yeah it's gonna be fun so that's gonna be next week anyway guys we love you and uh we will see you then